Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) Well, I'm not sure we know what we're doing anymore. No, it's been fun. It's been a couple months. Yes, I think we ended in... I want to say it was right around uh, May because then, you know, uh, the last Crossways class would have been in May and then we hit graduations and summertime. And, well, it definitely yeah. would have been in May, but you don't remember mid or early. Uh, no, no doesn't I matter. Oh, okay. doesn't matter. Um, anyways, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome back. It's great to have us. Boy, a lot has happened. Yes, a lot has happened, but first let's just months. let's just say we're still in the whole Bible series, so we're going to hit we that are. today, but we will just... Yeah, we will just um, recap a little bit about where we've been for those interested. For those that aren't interested, you can just fast forward right right. through this. Yeah, so we ended Crossways and then um, school got out. Yeah, school got out and had two graduations. Sam graduated from high school on a Thursday of Memorial Day weekend. Then the next day we flew to Minnesota for Sophie's college graduation Mm -hmm. from St. Olaf. And then she and... Ellie and their best friend from Ohio drove back from Minnesota, Minnesota, drove all the way way to San Antonio with Sophie's stuff. And then Sam promptly took the car back up north with his friends to go to the lake in Wisconsin. Yeah. (laughs) So they had four Bernie boys in Wisconsin on their own for a week. Yeah, and it was great because uh, three of the, uh, you know, Sam, of course, had been to Wisconsin a number of times, mm-hmm. uh, but his, uh, I don't think any three of his buddies had been that far north. No. And so for them, it was their first time getting that far north into the big woods, you know. Into the big woods. And Sam was saying that when they finally pulled up to the cabin, it was late at night, and a loon called in the distance, which <laughs> I think is just a beautiful, beautiful sound. But if you've never heard a loon before, I mean, it's kind of haunting, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so he said his buddies were like, what is that? That's just a loon. Yeah. But they had a great time. That's true. That's true. Uh, Yes, the dog is back. Zeke does not, he hasn't seen us do this for a long time. So he's wondering why we're both here and not giving him attention. Exactly. But he'll be, he can deal. Yeah. Okay. So after that, then Sam went off to West Point for basic. Yeah. Survived that. Actually did really well. Won some kind of leadership award at that. And um, we didn't get to talk to him throughout that. So it was a little different. Yeah. Not knowing what's going on and how he's doing. Because they take their phones, etc. But yeah, he is now in regular school uh, on the football team. Yeah, still doing the military stuff, so he's plenty busy. Yeah, and I think he said they start their third full week of classes and uh, football today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had their first football scrimmage um, Saturday, Saturday, was, right? Yep, and so Saturday. we got to see him in his army football uniform for the first time, which was pretty. Well, we amazing. saw pictures. We yeah, weren't we saw there. Pictures. Yeah, we weren't right, there. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. Okay, so he went to West Point. Then we went to the cabin without him. My kids and I. You went to New York to be with your mom. I went to New York to be with my mom. <laughs> We've right. literally been. Yeah, and so that was a great trip to my mom, mm-hmm. and she's going to be. Um, she will be moving down here to Texas uh, about a month from today or so, September twenty mm-hmm. first. So yeah. great to have her. Yep. So then I think you we came back and you went or we came back from the lake. You came back from. Um, New York, and then didn't you go to Florida for coaching? Yeah, but you forgot one thing, though, mm. which is that our daughter managed to uh, to hike through the Alps. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Sophie yeah. went to Switzerland and hiked a 100-mile course, 107-mile course in right. 10 days or 11 days. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so that was kind of her graduation... Uh, Gift to herself. Gift to herself, right. <laughs> so after she, she drove back from Minnesota, then she uh, flew out to... Um, I think uh, Amp- flew out to the Alps. Can't remember the Frank name of the place. Frankfurt, she'd fly into. No, Chamois. They started Chem- in yeah, Chamonix. 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 Yeah. Chamonix. Yeah. 
uh, and they, they hiked 100 miles around the Alps. Had mm-hmm. a great time. Went through the Swiss Alps, the Italian Alps, the French Alps. Mm-hmm. She had a great trip. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, My gosh, that you. feels literally like so long ago. Yeah. Okay, and then anyways, you went to Florida for coaching. I went to Denver to drive Sophie and or to drive her stuff to her new apartment. Mm-hmm. She's going to be working in Denver. Elizabeth came with me, Ellie. And we had a very quick road trip to Denver. Drop her off. You went to Oklahoma for the national convention. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I think you missed the first day of school for the boys. I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was in Oklahoma. Yep, you were yep. in Oklahoma. First day of school for the boys and first day of school for St. John Lutheran. Yeah, yeah, which started very well, very strong. Uh, 29 students, four teachers. Uh, so yeah, you know we've we've got the first day of school and now the first week of school, oh, first yeah, at full least. week of school mm-hmm. under our belt, and mm-hmm. things are going well. Yeah, that's cute though. I have to adjust to the new schedule because I, uh, you know, I forget that after like after the busy school drop off for our kids at the high school, you know, I come to uh, the church and there's like a church, you know, school drop off at church as well. So I yes. kind of forget about that. Exactly. So. That's a good point to know that if you're coming in for classes and stuff, especially my class on Wednesdays. Um, the doors are kind of, it's more secure now that we have a school there. So we'll we'll have a protocol on how to get in, et cetera. Um, But anyways, that will be for later. Yeah, but it's very cute. I mean, the the kids are adorable and, you know, they all seem to be enjoying themselves so far. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, that pretty much covers everything we need to cover. Gosh, I'm exhausted just going over. (laughs) It was a crazy summer. It honestly was. We had so many ups and so many highs, you know, some lows too, Um, just with life. In yeah, general, you know, life is life is like life that. is life. So it's been a summer for us for sure, and our yeah. dog is telling you all about it back there. Yeah. So, anyways, but we want to get into what we're covering. As you know, we're doing the whole Bible. We're calling it the whole Bible, but what we're doing is we're following the Crossways curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been te- Eric's been teaching it throughout all last year, and then we'll do one more year this year. And where are we in that process? Oh, and I want to say one thing too. Uh, you goodness. know, our vicar Justin Baker is now Pastor Justin Baker as of yesterday afternoon because mm-hmm. he was ordained uh, and now has been installed to serve as the pastor of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Export, Pennsylvania, about uh, 20, 30 miles outside of Pittsburgh. Good. So yeah, very exciting. Very exciting for everybody. Very exciting. Yeah. So we are picking it up. It's Crossways, the uh, book four, so book four of six, unit 31, and we're picking it up with Isaiah 40. Now, we're kind of backtracking a little bit, and that's because Crossways takes a chronological approach, and the books in the Old Testament aren't necessarily in chronological order, but he takes a chronological approach. Uh, And so when last we left off, it was a very dark and depressing time, Mm. you know, prophet after prophet, book after book, week after week, we were talking about God bringing down the hammer of judgment on his people, and he would hold it up and say, hammer's coming, hammer's coming. And they'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't listen. And so God would bring the hammer down. And it was very, very depressing. You know, we, we, we heard about the Assyrians, how the Assyrians came in, destroyed the northern kingdom. For a while, the southern kingdom kind of shaped up. That kind of put the fear of God into them, but that, you know, faded. Uh, and so uh, eventually the Lord brought in the Babylonians. And even bringing the Babylonians once wasn't enough. He had to bring them in twice. And the second time was when God had said, that's it, I've had enough, kaput. And the, uh, and the city of Jerusalem was destroyed, the temple destroyed, the people hauled off into exile. So that's where we left it uh, at the end of last year, where this, this terrible uh, catastrophe, um, has God forgotten to be good, as it says in the Psalms. You know, mm. has God forgotten to be good because he's brought us into the promised land and now we've been uprooted from the promised land and kicked out. Hmm. Uh, he promised to be faithful to his people forever. And look, we're, we're slaves, we're exiles. 
um, the, the, the holy temple of the Lord, where God promised that he would always look to his people and always listen to his people when they pray. The temple is destroyed. So what does that mean? It was a real crisis and mm-hmm. catastrophe. Well, this here, we pick it up on the other side of exile. So the Bible doesn't tell a whole lot about the exile itself. There's a little bit. We'll get, to, we'll get into that later chapters. Um, but those 70 years of exile, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot. But the story really picks up again after the exile. So another, yet another world superpower has come onto the scenes. So the Assyrians were replaced by the Babylonians. Mm-hmm. And now the Babylonians are replaced by the Persians. Mm-hmm. By, uh, Cyrus the Great is the, the emperor's name, Cyrus the Great. And so in 539 BC, he defeated the Babylonians, uh, replaced their empire with his own, which would go on to become a massive empire. Mm-hmm. The largest empire the world would ever see until the Roman Empire oh, wow. uh, centuries later. So massive, massive empire stretching from Egypt in the west uh, all the way up to uh, Turkey in the north and then across as far as India in the east. A huge empire. Mm. Uh, but for the, the purposes of the Bible, what's important is that Cyrus was an emperor, but he was an enlightened one. And so he had a policy that reversed the policy of the Babylonians and Assyrians. Uh, to control their people, the Babylonians and Assyrians, when they conquered one group, they would uh, move them or deport them to another part of the empire and then take people from a, de- a, a different part of the empire and plant them into that conquered place. And they did that to keep the locals uh, under control. Mm-hmm. The thought was if you've been uprooted from your community, you're not going to be a threat. And the, uh, Cyrus the Great reversed all that. He issued a famous edict called the, Cyr- the Edict of Cyrus allowing people throughout his empire to return to their home countries, to return to their native lands, even to rebuild their temples and worship their own gods once again, so long as they promised to uh, to pray for, for him and for his family. Hmm. So that's kind of where we pick up the story today. Hmm. <clears throat> and it's uh, Isaiah chapter 40, one of my favorite chapters no, in is. all the Old Testament. Hmm. Love it. It's been set to music. I don't know how many times. You and I can sing it together. No. No. Okay. Uh, but it's a wonderful, wonderful chapter, Isaiah chapter 40. And right from the get-go, you can hear how, um, how times have changed, uh, that a new day is dawning. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Mm. In other words, the time of punishment is past. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guilt has been paid. The sentence has been served. But there's a disbelieving voice. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level. The rough places a plain. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Hmm. Wonderful passage. So it's this picture of God leading his people. Just as he led them out of slavery and captivity in Egypt, so now God is going to lead his people out of uh, captivity in Babylon, build a highway through the desert, and bring them straight back home. And of course, in the New Testament, this is how the New Testament mm-hmm. begins. With, mm-hmm. uh, you know, John the Baptist is the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But here we hear the, the voice, uh, the disbelieving voice of God's people. It sounds too good to be true. Verse 6, and a voice, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. All its glory, its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. 
The flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. Uh, and here's someone who's clearly just read the Minor Prophets, right? <laughs> uh, because he knows what he knows what human nature is. Uh, he knows that we are grass. He knows that we are dust. He mm-hmm. knows that we are fallen, broken creatures. And he's saying to himself, "God, what's the point? Mm. You know, if if you renew us, if you restore us, we're only going to blow it again. So it's mm. why, you okay. know." And then here, here we hear the trumpet call. Uh, verse eight: The grass withers, the flower fades, but, but the word of our God will endure forever. And boy, what a what a beautiful note that is. His rising above the cacophony. You know, there's this beautiful trumpet sound. That God's word stands fast. Uh, and it's because of God's grace, because of who God is and not who we are, mm. because of what God has promised and not what we do, uh, that God will redeem his people and return them home. And then comes this, uh, this, uh, this beautiful movement, uh, choir almost. Uh, verse 9. Get up on a high mountain. This is like, you know, go tear it on the mm-hmm. mountain. Right? Get up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might. His arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him. His recompense is before him. He shall tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with the young. And so behold your God. He is coming to redeem his people, to restore his people, to lead his people home, coming like the good shepherd. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage. Hmm. Wow, I thought you were going to just burst into song. Oh, I'd love to, but I know you'd smack me, so I didn't. (laughs) But yeah, that's uh, for those of you who are aware of these things. So this uh, this is a very, very famous... Uh, passage from uh, Handel's Messiah. Comfort ye my people, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. It goes on. You really are going to sing today. Okay. Gorgeous, gorgeous. You're hyped up. Well, I get excited. I know, I know. So that's the first passage. Uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11 is about this, how about a new day is dawning, right? A new day is dawning. That God has come to his people not to punish them for their sins, but to release them from their captivity. Mm. And then verse 12 through 17, you get this emphasis on God as the creator. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? See, hun, you and I are in the Bible. Yes, the waters are measured. Mm -hmm. And marked off the heavens with a span. Who has enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in a scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man has shown him counsel? Whom did he consult? Who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice? Verse 15, Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket. They're counted as dust on the scales. Uh, but God is God, right? So there's this strong emphasis on, on God as the Lord. He's the creator of all things, of heaven and earth. And even though history, the, the tides of history, have flowed powerfully against his people, uh, they do that only because God himself has directed them. And that God rules all nations, God rules all people, mm-hmm. and God is the judge of all nations and all people. And then beginning with verse 18, we, we get this theme that becomes very important from here to the, re- to the end, of, uh, end of the Bible, especially the end of the Old Testament. And that's the theme that God, that God alone is God. Now, it's been implicit throughout, uh, but if you remember in the, mm. in the earlier parts of the Old Testament, you know, the Ten Commandments are, you shall, the first of them is, uh, you shall have no other gods before me. Right. 
which implies that there are other gods a person mm-hmm. could choose from, mm-hmm. right? And then so as we've gone through the narrative of the Old Testament, we meet all of these other gods. You know, of course, there's the gods of the Egyptians, and then there's Molech and Baal and Ashtoreth and Chemosh and so on and so forth. Um, and God always says, you know, do not worship those gods, worship only me. But the there's you know there's there's this kind of sense that there are other options out there, right? But you should stay faithful to this option here, right? Well, from here on out, it becomes very explicit and clear that those other options aren't really options at all. Mm-hmm. They're not gods. They're nothing. And so here's where it becomes very clear. Verse eighteen. To whom then will you liken God, or what uh, what likeness compare with him? An idol, a craftsman crafts it. A goldsmith overlays it with gold. He casts, uh, casts forth silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Hmm. Uh, and remember that they're in Babylon, which already at this point, you know, uh, 539 BC, was already an ancient, ancient city. Uh, and for centuries had been the capital of um, a center of religious worship in the ancient world. The people are surrounded by these ziggurats, by yeah. these stepped pyramids, uh, some of which were the you know the wonders of the ancient world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and in Babylon, the the gods were uh, were idols, and so the priests in service of those idols every day they'd get up, they put food offerings before the idols, they would dress the idols certain days on, fest- on festivals, they would parade them through the city on their backs and then bring them back. And God says, you fear these things. These are not gods at all. These are just idols. They're pieces of wood. They're pieces of metal. They are nothing. There's only one God, and it's me. Mm-hmm. And so this will become very explicit from here to the, the rest of the Bible. Uh, but it's a turning point. This, this crisis of, of Babylonian uh, captivity is a turning point in that sense, that there is no God but God. Hmm. It sounds a lot like Job, too, just this idea of, like, you know, who has measured the waters in the hollow of mm-hmm. his hand, all these... Like, you don't understand me. You can't possibly understand yeah. all the things. Right. And so if you, if you don't understand how I do, if you don't understand how I can create things, then how can you possibly understand how I rule them and right. govern and guide them? Mm-hmm. And we'll end on a high note, a great passage here, one that people love. This is verse 27 to the end. And God is speaking to his people. Remember that they've, um, you know, it, it, so to speak, the, uh, they, they've, been in, they've been in prison for 70 years. Now the doors swing open and they think it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, Ah, my way is hidden from the Lord. My right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and mm. to him who has no might, he increases his strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. Young men shall be exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mm. So it's a beautiful passage. God is coming to free his people, to redeem his people, to lead his people home. Um, it's just I love it. I know you do. (laughs) I can tell. Yes. Okay. So very good. Um, Where are we going for next week's crossways? Yeah. So that is, uh, that's Isaiah. Okay. And so next week, remember I said that we're taking them kind of in chronological approach, not necessarily table of contents approach. Right. So next week, we're going to look at the books of first and second chronicles. 
And First and Second Chronicles retell the story we've just gone through. So mm-hmm. we did First and Second Kings, which is the story of the kings and their history. First and Second Chronicles tells the same story, but is written from a different perspective—a mm. perspective of people who uh, who survived the exile and are looking back, trying to, to discern lessons from it. Uh, so for next week, if you want to read First Chronicles chapter twenty-nine, First Chronicles chapter twenty-nine, uh, that'll give you a sense of what all those books are about and how different they are. So wait, I'm thinking, so he takes, you're saying he takes a chronological approach, mm-hmm. whereas, and that's more the Jewish ordering of the Old Testament, correct? Yeah, more the Jewish ordering of the Old Testament, but even so, he doesn't, uh, you know, the Jews order it um, Tanakh, uh, Torah. Right. Right, the Torah, Torah prophets, prophets, prophets writings. writings. Right. And so he kind of skips back and forth. And yes. so as I remember, I think even after, um, even after Chronicles, which is historical, uh, and then, you know, we'll go back a little bit to the later prophets, and then he's going to come and pick okay. up the Psalms and okay. wisdom literature. So he kind of skips he over. He skips around. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, the Christian ordering, of course, is um, different than the, because we took ours from the Septuagint, correct? Yeah, yeah. And so ours is history all the way from Genesis straight forward to, uh, to Chronicles. Yeah. And then from there, it goes into, you know, the, major the wisdom prophets. literature. Oh, yes. And wisdom, the major. And so we have minor. a different ordering. Okay. Yeah. Same books, just different order. Correct. Okay. Well, kind of rough start here. We had our dog going crazy and not knowing what we're doing, but, well, you did well. Yeah. You did well. Well, thank you. I was yes. like, what do you want to Yes, you, you Okay, about? you My did well. goodness gracious. <laughs> well, I think we should go listen to Handel's Messiah. I what do you think? I think I'd rather go running. Okay. Okay. Anyways, we look forward to talking to you next week.